Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Hello and welcome to the Sports Grab Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker and with me is, as always, the informed Reuben Williams. How are you today, Rubes? G'day, Ryan. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? How was your day? I'm doing okay. I actually, I'll be totally honest with you, a bit of a tough day at the office today, uh, but I've very much been looking forward to this session tonight. It's been kind of that thing of, it's that beacon of light at the end of the tunnel, as you could <laughs> probably imagine. So, um, yeah, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've had a pretty busy day too, talking to a couple of universities, but, um, you know, the the podcast interviews are always a heart so you look forward to at the end of the day. So, very excited for this episode. Absolutely, mate. It's the beacon that, that I look forward to each and every week. We'll kick on because it's a very exciting episode tonight. So thank you so much to all our listeners, firstly, for being part of the show today, wherever you are around the world, by downloading and getting involved. We really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. If you haven't gone to dollarshaveclub.com slash sportsgrad yet, I think that needs to be the first thing on your list today because you've got a great opportunity to get your first starter set of blades and shave butter for just $15 and $10 off your second delivery. You can find that link in our show notes as well, and it's one of the better deals. So if you uh, want to look and feel great, please go to that link. Today, we're talking to Kath Lochnan from Fox Sports about how to launch a career in sports journalism. If you're listening for the first time and thinking, what is this show? Who are these two guys? speaking on my podcast app well we are the sports grab podcast your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry i myself am a graduate of notre dame australia in perth ruben is a graduate of deakin university in melbourne we met three years ago on our first day at cricket australia and a few months ago we got together to start a podcast where our aim is to help you break into the sports industry in whatever way shape or form that may be now onto our special guest for today kath lochnan Kath has held various roles in sports media as a journalist, host, editorial assistant, producer, and now presenter for Fox Sports. Kath completed a Bachelor of Arts at Curtin University, majoring in journalism, and like many talented people from the West, has made the shift over from Perth to the Eastern States soon after completing her studies. Not only does Kath have a huge passion for sport, but she works across two of the biggest sports in Australia in the AFL and cricket. We are absolutely stoked to have Kath on the podcast today. Kath, welcome to the Sports Grab podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. What if you describe me as a beacon of light at the end of the day? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's become Kath, the beacon a- of light, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, thanks for having me on. I'm, um, I'm impressed with your podcast. I've listened to a few episodes and I think it's Exactly the kind of podcast I would have loved to have listened to when I was starting out in uh, journalism. So good on you both. 
Thank you for that. Kathy, you are a professional. How do you warm up before you go on TV? Are there any exercises that we should be doing that we're missing out warm on at the up. moment? <laughs> I actually don't do any specific exercises, um, but I definitely do a stack of prep, uh, usually before I go into the office or go to the game, so that when you're actually there to get made up and, and you get on set, you just feel comfortable and ready to go. And, and it really is all about the prep. Um, some of it you don't even use, most of it you don't even use, but it makes you feel completely at ease and relaxed and ready to go. And a lot of the time it's preparing for um, the worst case scenario of something going wrong and you have to feel. Um, So you're just trying to bring up any sort of different stat or or focusing on a player that you had no plans on discussing in the pregame, say, but you, you know, shits hit the fan basically and you have to um, find a way to pad or whatever. So um, I don't do any specific voice exercises or anything like that, but I'm definitely always prepared. And um, there are some times when you're not so prepared and there's a sick feeling in your gut when you're not prepared. So um, that's my major thing is I just always have to be across everything, have done my research, um, and that makes me feel completely at ease. And then you're at ease when you're on air and that makes the audience feel at ease and it's happy days. <laughs> is, there a, uh, is there a certain example that comes to mind when you talk about things going wrong and, and you having to use your preparedness to, to cover up what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah, sometimes, um, oh, geez, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but I mean, I even know like last week we were meant to do this podcast and um, I got the late call up to host the footy. And I thought it was my day off and I it was the Q Clash that night. So I kind of not really focused in on the Q Clash build up. I didn't really know what was happening with Brisbane and Gold Coast at the time. And then all of a sudden you get the call up and you just got to cram in as much prep as you can and, and hope for the best. Um, definitely there are some instances on air when um, perhaps you're meant to go to a guest and, and for some reason the line cuts out and the guest isn't there anymore. So you've just got to find something else to talk about. And that's just really, I think, where your experience kicks in because you don't stress out and go awkward and make the audience feel awkward. You just find a way to naturally make them think that you were never going to that guest and you're talking now about Steve Smith and that was always the plan. You know, that's, that's the kind of the art of TV <laughs> sometimes is just making it look like, oh, yeah, we were meant to do this and everything's fine and this is how the show was meant to go when really in your ear there's a bit of an atomic bomb going off and you're thinking, (laughs) shit, where am I going next? Um, But that's, yeah, that's the art of it all is just staying cool, calm, collective. Well, I'm glad you um I'm glad you mentioned preparation because I'll let the cat out of the bag here. We were I think it was five fifty three, Kath, and we were still stuffing around with this, these show notes and changing a few things. And <laughs> there's even a little surprise at the end, which we've never done before, but Ooh, for some reason okay. we decided to run with. Um, so we hope you can adapt and get on board with that one. But <laughs> okay, that's how that's how we roll, I suppose. Sometimes sometimes that helps, though, in that, um, you know, I, I remember, for example, last Wednesday, it's just like, okay, well, there's nothing I can do about this. Um, I'm on air soon, so just suck it up and do it and see how it goes. Just back yourself because um, at the end of the day, it's just all about confidence a lot of the time and um, coming across as relaxed and natural even though you might not be inside. 
Speaking of uh, of on air, um, obviously the last couple of months has been absolutely insane uh, yeah. in the AFL. You know, with two obviously two footy frenzies. Uh, yeah, I think it's two over the last probably sixty odd days. How mm. has that been for you? Obviously, having to work a lot more, I guess, than what, what you usually have to. Yeah, honestly, some days you're waking up and you're thinking, "Who the hell is playing tonight?" There's just been no. It's been nonstop. <laughs> But everyone's been in the same boat. Everyone at Fox Footy has been working so hard and um, we can all relate to each other feeling pretty tired at the moment and, and looking forward to this bye so that we can just stop and breathe and then get stuck into finals. Um, but what was your question again? How have I dealt with it, I guess? Yeah, I guess like yeah. work-life balance. I was thinking if if I was having to do it every night, it'd, it'd be, you know, it'd, be, <laughs> it'd wear you out. Like it'd be, it'd be tough to do. Yeah, in saying that, though, I think um, in this stage four lockdown we're in in Melbourne, it's been a bit of a blessing because it's kept me distracted and um, busy at work. So, you know, I've got friends who have been working from home since March or whatever, been stood down or some have lost their jobs. And so I I actually feel really lucky to have been able to work throughout this entire time and been really busy at work. And it's been fun. I mean, it's footy, it distracts you. Um, it gives you a sense of normality when life's been really anything but normal in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, it's been really full on, but um, I've never felt like complaining because I do love my job and it's really helped during the COVID pandemic. So, um, don't get me wrong today, I had the day off and I loved it. Um, no hair and makeup has been great. So, sorry, I didn't put any effort into uh, making myself look nice for you guys because I've just had the day off and it's That's been totally absolutely bliss. our routine too. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's been I'm, – I'm pretty grateful for having worked throughout this whole pandemic, to be honest. Kath, it's not hard to tell how passionate you are about your job. Where did your love for sports start and did you always think that this would be your career path? No, I didn't. Um, I grew up just in a sporty family. So, and being uh, from Perth, it's really just footy and cricket. As you, uh, Ryan, you're from Perth, aren't you? You would know. Sure am. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, just childhood was, you know, I was just in a sporty family where there was always the footy on or the cricket on. Or um, I remember my dad and brother were riding to the Tour de France. So that was on every night when that was on. My brother and I would always watch AFL 360. So I just grew up in a sporty family. And then I just remember in year 10 or year 11, I thought, I think I want to do journalism. And my boyfriend's dad at the time said, oh, you should do sports journalism. And just as soon as he suggested that, I was like, yes. that's." It was like a bit of a light bulb moment, I guess. I was like, that is so me. So I, um, I yeah, I knew from about year 11 that this is what I wanted to do. Um Problem was I knew no one in the industry um, and so I didn't really know how to go about it but you find a way eventually and, and it all started with um, journalism at Curtin University in Perth. And speaking of, uh, of uni days, give us a bit of a, an insight into what the journalism degree is like and, and what were the main skills you, you're learning from that degree? Um, to be honest, I was, a, I was a pretty poor student in the sense that I would rock up like a minute before class and then leave as soon as I can. Like I didn't really um, throw myself into university. Uh, but I I remember I um I went and did a I went and did exchange in the States in California 
And I remember coming back from that and having about a semester to go and thinking, okay, I really want to get started now. Like I really want to get cracking and I'm serious about this and I want to start my career. And that last semester was the best semester in the sense it's when you just go out into the industry and that's really when you learn what it's all about. Um, The journalism degree is important and and it's certainly a good thing to do, but it's really just being out in the industry is when you um, learn what it's like. I remember the last semester you had to do prac, so I, and you had to tee up your own prac, so I did a um, week of work experience at GWN in Bunbury, uh, down south WA. I thought that's perfect. I'll go down to Dunsborough, like go to Eagle Bay, whatnot, do the week of work experience, go back to Dunsborough and go home. That's great. And then um, I was struggling to get another week of work experience and um, I think my brother said, oh, you should try Fox Sports. And I thought, oh, as if, you know, I'd get a week of work experience at Fox Sports. I don't know anyone. And, and the whole time in your journalism degree you get told two things, that there's no jobs in journalism and that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I knew no one in the media industry. So I remember I, I, can't, I still can't believe this to this day, but I went on the Fox Sports website and, you know, you go into the, like, contact us section or, like, the careers section. And um, I, there was some generic email, like, inquiries at foxsports.com.au. And I sent off an email <laughs> being like, hello, I'm Kath Lockman. I'm in my well final year of journalism. <laughs> yeah. Thinking there's no way I'm going to get a response here. But, you know, may as well die trying. So, um, to... I'll never forget Eva Kwan from Fox Sports HR, who I later met and had a bit to do with. She replied um, and she said, sure, you know, we can tee up a week of work experience if you come to Sydney. I had no money at the time but somehow found some money to get some flights and accommodation and and, um, went to Sydney and did the week of work experience. And um, they said, look, if you're moving to Sydney, we'll offer you some freelance work. At the same time, I got a job offer from GWN um, full-time so I was like oh full-time job in Bunbury or go to Sydney and just give it a crack and um, went to the big smoke and it's turned out to be the right decision. Kath you mentioned the importance of preparation we've done a bit of research and found that you were just 20 years old when you made the move oh, from really Perth. Done your prep. <laughs> <laughs> we dug deep into I LinkedIn. Will, to I will say on that, the your LinkedIn yeah. bio is very detailed, yeah. like one that I haven't really seen before. So that's a okay. that's huge. <laughs> I'll take mm, that as a and very helpful for our purposes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just done the old copy and paste, have you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's still prep. You went on my LinkedIn profile. That's still prep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're 20 years old. You're moving from Perth to Melbourne to join Fox Sport. How did you make this opportunity happen and what were some of the things you need to put in place to achieve it? Yeah, um, well, as I've said, it just all happened from that inquiries at foxsports.com.au email. But I think um, just taking a bit of a risk as well, like it was pretty – it was daunting in a way, but um, I think it's just the, my parents and my family are like, may as well just give it a crack. If it doesn't work out, you can just always come home to Perth. No one knows you over there. Like, what have you got to lose? Um, but it was really daunting. And I think back to those first few years of your career, they are so nerve-wracking and, um, you know, you just have zero confidence really because you're so inexperienced and you're just trying to find your feet. But 
if you're a good person and you've got a good work ethic, um, you'll find a way and, and naturally just um, progress from I was a freelancer at Fox Sports, at Fox Sports News, and then they eventually offered me a full-time job. And then the beauty of being part of Fox Sports is they obviously have the different channels. Um, so I started to get some work with Fox Footy. Um, Fox got the cricket rights. Fox Cricket began. So essentially I've been with the one company for, what, seven years now, six, seven years. But I feel I feel like I've almost changed companies numerous times because I've switched channels um, and now I'm, I really am where I want to be and that's Fox Footy and Fox Cricket and I just, yeah, I can't believe it. I get paid to um, follow the footy all winter and cricket in the summer. It's, it's amazing. Was presenting always on your list of things to do? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I just always enjoyed that that side of it, uh, being on air and pressured to perform, I guess. And I love interviewing athletes. That's uh, that's the coolest part of the gig is, um, you know, I feel really privileged that, you know, even last summer, say, and we saw the rise of Manus Labashane and um, being there for his first test ton and being able to go up to him you know, moments after he's made his first test ton and, and ask him what it's like and, and ask him a few questions. I mean, that's a, that's a huge privilege, I think, in my opinion. And um, so I think, yeah, I definitely always wanted to be on that side of the camera, but um, I started in journalism when it became apparent that you had to be multi-skilled. The old school days of just being a reporter or just being a producer or just being a presenter were starting to really phase out. And so I'm grateful I started at that time because I learned how to edit and how to um, produce things and also how to be in front of the camera and behind the camera. And that's really crucial these days. You can't just be good at one thing. You have to have a few tricks up your sleeve. Um, that's just the way the industry works now. You mentioned how you, you love the the high pressure, you know, nature of, of being on camera um, and you know, it's very different to say this where if I make a mistake right now, I can just go back and edit it. But <laughs> it's one of the things that's so interesting about um, presenters, you know, being that it's live and whatever mistake you make is there and it's mm. it'd be so tough to sort of get into that mould. Like how did you first adapt to being on camera and basically being in such a high-pressure situation? Yeah, it really comes with experience and I remember um, – in those early days when you make a mistake, you just think it's the end of the world. And also um, perhaps uh, with news reading where everything's timed to perfection and you've got to read the words on the screen, it's very different to what I do now. Well, I do do some news reading nowadays but nowhere near as much as I used to. Nowadays it's more just off the cuff, however you want to um, intro things or throw the break or whatever it is. Um, but those early days, um, you know, I'm, I'm now at the point where auto cues make me nervous now because it's something not in my control. Whereas when you start, you really rely on auto cue and you think it's this God's, you know, this saviour because that's where all the words are and you just got to read it. Whereas now I look at auto cues and I kind of shiver a bit thinking, oh, this is something out of my control. I have no control over. I, you know, I don't want to read these words. I just want to say what I think. Um, but I do remember, and this, this is a funny story and it will perhaps make young journalists feel at ease. But I remember, um, <laughs> so I got told I was reading Fox Sports News when I was about 20. Like I was just completely thrown in the deep end. And I remember my boss at the time, well, he's still my boss, but I remember he said, um, 
you know, you're going to read the news this Saturday. Um, I'm sending Jess Yates up to Townsville to do the rugby league. You're going to read Fox Sports News. And he said, you know, if it, um, if if you're good, come back and and we'll chat and we'll, we'll you know map out your career. But if you're not so good, then uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. Like it was just <laughs> basically saying, stuff up on Saturday and see you later or um, do well on Saturday and this could be the start of something great. So luckily I got through that Saturday, all went fine and I was starting out and I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. You know, I was doing a few shifts, Fox Sports News presenting. And then one day, um, <laughs> I don't even remember saying this, right, but I, I did my shift, went home that night, next morning, go back to work and I get a call from the boss and he's laughing and he goes, have you seen it? And I was like, no, what are you talking oh, about? No. He goes, Google your name. And I was like, oh, oh my God. There was this, <laughs> there was this oh, Daily Mail no. article and um, I'd obviously been introducing some story about, I can't remember who it was, you know, there was, one spot left in, you know, the Australian 11 for the first test of the summer or something like that. And the line was on the auto queue, um, I'm just making it up right now, but say it was, um, you know, Steve Smith and David Warner are fighting for the final spot in the Australian 11. And I said, apparently, farting. And so it's just gone up on this, like, <laughs> it's gone up on this viral video website and some Daily Mail reporter's done an article about it and, you know, there's me, you know, like Fox Sports News presenter suffers hilarious slip of the tongue. <laughs> I didn't even realise I'd said it at the time but then saw this article and I just thought the world was over. I was, you know, 20, <laughs> seeing this, reading this article and I was like, okay, um, Media career's been fun. What else can I do with my life? I'm thinking, like, I can go back to uni and study physio. I always wanted to do physio. Um, but it was, honestly, it, my boss, he is a legend and he just, he, he found it so funny. And um, that was that. But basically, yeah, I thought my career was over at the time. But you're going to make mistakes. And um, I think with experience, you learn to uh, just roll with it on air. Um, there are times, you know, I, I think on Sunday I was doing a show and uh, the producer told me, you know, go to go to uh, Bombers Ball Movement next, right? So he's telling me what's coming up next, what to what to move on to, and I've just completely forgotten. And so instead of being, you know, if you're inexperienced, you perhaps would freak out at the time and go, oh, my God, I've forgotten, I've forgotten, and you would perhaps look really awkward on camera. But with experience, you just realise to just keep calm. And I think I said out loud on the show, where am I going to next? In a way, you're talking to your producer, but you're also not making the audience feel awkward by them going, oh, my God, she's had a, she's having a mare here. You're just acting that, where am I going to next? And, um, you know, sure enough, your colleague saves you or the producer goes, bomber's ball movement. And you're like, oh, I want to talk about Essendon. So yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, I think it's just, it's, it's all down to experience and learning to not freak out and that's not the end of the world. And when you stuff up, just own it and, take the piss out of yourself. There are times where I've just gone, oh, my God, I can't speak English. Like, you know, just just have a laugh <laughs> and, and it's. Uh, I'm in the great industry of being in sport. So people are just wanting to chill out and watch their team play and you're just there trying to steer the ship. So um, most of the time you can make light of it and have fun. It's not. I'm not doing news reports where 20 people have died in a, you know, tsunami. Like I can, it's, it's usually generally pretty positive and pretty fun. So, yeah. We'll have to uh, find a link to that 
piece of footage for our show notes for any listeners interested in that. Oh, yeah. I can't um, believe I told you that. I was, I oh, I was so embarrassed at the time and I haven't actually um, ever told anyone about that. But, uh, yeah, Google my name. You'll find the Daily Mail article somewhere. There you go. Sports Grand Podcast <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, Kathy, kind of touched on how you got thrown into the role. What, what I'm interested in is like, as you progress through a number of your, those different roles you've had at Fox Sports, are these opportunities that you've had to interview along interview for along the way? Do you get thrown into an audition? No, or do you just get picked out for each of them. Yeah, no, I actually um I've never gone for been through a job interview, and I've never really auditioned for anything. Um, my career is pretty boring in the sense of I've just joined Fox Sports and stayed with them ever since. Um, <laughs> but you definitely get given opportunities along the way, which are huge. And and I think back to those the first few years of your career can be really daunting because you're trying to prove yourself. And compared to now when I'm definitely a, quite inexperienced to some of the people I work with, very inexperienced to some of the people I work with um, compared to other people I work with. But I think um, there's a level of confidence in myself that I know I can do it whereas in those first few years when you're given say your first live cross or you're given your first boundary gig at a footy game or something like that it's so nerve-wracking and you because you don't really know if you can do it and neither does your boss but you're both taking a punt and having a go Um, and you do know in the back of your mind that it is a bit make or break if you stuff it up they're not really going to give you another opportunity like that again or at least for a very long time um so yeah those those first few years as exciting as it is because you're learning the industry and you know you get all these cool um new opportunities I I don't know if I'd want to repeat it because it was really daunting um and nerve-wracking whereas I don't tend to get too nervous these days sometimes you get a few maybe butterflies in your stomach to be honest it's usually MC gigs and things like that that I get most nervous for um when it's just doing my job and I know that there's producers there who back me and there's bosses who back me and my colleagues are there to help me. Um, I'm not too nervous. But, yeah, I think it, it definitely as well um, having people on your side and in your corner, that's what makes the difference and that's what helps get you through those really nerve-wracking testing times. Yeah, MC gigs would be seriously daunting. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't envy that. <laughs> mm. um, so take us inside your your role at at Fox Sports so what does your sort of day-to-day look like and how does it change during the year obviously you shift between Fox footy and Fox cricket yeah um you're on the road during cricket season whereas in the footy yeah not sure you're mainly in studio but what's sort of your day-to-day uh for your role yeah, what I, what I love most about my job is that no day is the same and um obviously COVID's changed a lot um, and basically, I'm just spending each day at Fox Footy. But <clears throat> the beauty of working for a 24-7 uh, sports channel is that there's a lot of shows, a lot of games, so there are a lot of opportunities. Um, right now, like my day-to-day work life is I do um, a show called AFL Tonight, which is, you know, more my news kind of side of things, and that's a half-an-hour news show leading into 360, and I do that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um some nights with this Fox footy frenzy, uh, I'll stay on and do a game and, you know, do the game at night and, and do the news updates for that. Um, Saturday nights is spent 
in at Fox Footy doing the Saturday Stretch Show, which is the nighttime show, and that's basically covering the nighttime game and then doing a whole review of the Super Saturday. And then Sundays I've just taken on um, a show called First Crack, which is a really hardcore football analysis meaty kind of show with David King and Lee Montagna. Um, so it's busy, but I love the uh, mix of things I do. And I love love the fact that I can cover footy in winter and cricket in summer. And, and the cricket in summer, who knows what it's going to look like this summer. But um, going off last summer, it's, it's full on, but I love it. Um, and, again, it's a nice mix of different things, whether it be test cricket, big bash, ODI, um, some sort of event. Like it's just full on summer. But, um, yeah, I really I love my job and I would never complain. It does get tiring at times. I'm just complaining as I say that. But um, <laughs> it's uh, I, I know I'm very lucky to have the role I do. So, yeah, I'm very appreciative of it at the same time. The uh, often the, the um, I know the dream for me when I was growing up was I'll play I'll play footy in the winter and play cricket in the summer. So it's kind of like you've got the next best thing, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, it is honestly. And um, yeah, I would I'm a bit unco, so I would never have the ultimate job of being paid to play the game. But um, yeah, I think I've got, in my opinion, I've got the best gig because this is what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, to to meet these absolute cricket uh, and footy heroes um, and superstars and to work with some and to be there for the big moments. I mean, it is pinch yourself kind of stuff at times. And that's why I think it's um, really important to never uh, constantly remind myself to never be complacent and to never take it for granted because there would be a lot of people who die for a job like mine in where you're working uh at the MCG or um, at a test match. Um, so, yeah, it's constantly uh, reminding yourself to never become complacent and just to always do your research and prep um, and do the moment justice because people aren't people aren't tuning in to, to watch me. They're tuning in to watch their team and their sporting heroes and, yeah, it's my job to in- enhance it and to, to understand, you know, if I'm walking up to a... A cricketer after he's just played an amazing innings or something like that. Um, you know, it's my job to know exactly where their career is at and why this is so important to them. And so, in a way, when you've done your prep, you you almost know what they're going to say in a way because you're feeling the emotion. You you kind of feel like you've been there with them along the way, and you haven't. But um, it's yeah, it's just all about doing the right prep and doing doing the game, doing that player justice, making making sure that occasion can be as great as it can be. And that's, that's um, yeah, my role is to, to ask the right questions and to, to if you're summing up the game, to, to sum it up in the right way. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a huge responsibility um, and it's if you just do your job properly, do your prep, you, you'll do it justice. Kath, you mentioned some of the uh, profiles you, that you work with and some of the events that you're fortunate enough to cover. You do end up working alongside a lot of those, you know, former ex-athletes. What, what are the um, what are the working dynamics like at Fox, and what what have seen, been some of the biggest highlights that you've experienced in your job? Oh, biggest highlights! I have to say, last summer was a huge highlight. Um, I personally was put on Test cricket for the first time, and um, you know, I'd worked uh, also the just the going back a bit further, the start of Fox cricket. I mean, it's so exciting to be 
um, there from the start of a new channel, particularly uh, cricket and the fact that we had everything, test cricket, uh, one-day cricket, Big Bash, Sheffield Shield, everything. Um, so, yeah, I – but personally, the uh, probably the highlight of my career has been test cricket and um, hopefully I'm lucky enough to do the India series if that eventuates, who knows. <laughs> um, but – uh, yeah, last summer and, and just working with the likes of Adam Gilchrist and Brett Lee and, and trying to act cool like, oh, yeah, hi, Adam, Mum, Kath, when really you're thinking like, holy hell, that's killy. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think as well that the working dynamics of Fox Cricket, I think the best decision Fox made when they began Fox Cricket was signing Adam Gilchrist as the face of the channel because, He's just the best bloke and, yes, he is a legend of the game, but um, you wouldn't really know it uh, meeting him because he's just such a genuine down-to-earth bloke and he's, he has set the tone for that channel of it doesn't matter if you're the superstar anchor or you're the superstar commentator or whatever your role is, everyone's important and everyone makes the team work. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the working dynamics, Gilly's um, been amazing in setting up box cricket and making sure everyone feels a valuable part of the team. Um, but at, in saying that, it, it is important and I always tell myself and I know Mark Howard's the same in that you just got to know your role and play your role and stay in your lane. We know that um, I think Howie and I are the only ones on the test coverage that haven't played for our country. So <laughs> we're the two just... Um, sport, you know, nuffies that have just somehow landed a really cool gig. I'll speak about Howie in a second because he is my mentor and I cannot um, speak more highly of the man. But uh, we we know that people tune into Fox Cricket to listen to what Warney has to say or to listen to what Binger has to say or Warney or Gilly or Isha. Um, they're not listening to, uh, they're not tuning in to listen to what Howie and I have to say. So our role is just to build up those superstar commentators and, and to try extract um, everything we can out of them and ask the questions that just your punters on the couch would be wondering. So, um, yeah, no, but it is in terms of working with these legends, it's amazing and um, as bad as it sounds, you do get used to it in a way. Um but then there are moments when you do pinch yourself and you're like, oh, my God, Jason Dunstall just said I did a good job. Like, wow. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you do, you do get used to them. And, and the best part is they've all been, you know, part of elite sporting teams. So they all have that real um, team culture and they're, they're all about, you know, working as a team and they don't waltz into Fox footy or Fox cricket thinking they own the joint. Everyone's pretty down to earth and, and knows that it takes – a lot of people to make um, good telly. <laughs> it's such a funny thing when, like, us as, you know, normal people, we meet sort of famous athletes or, you know, completely famous people and we try and act like like completely normal when we talk to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't or laugh here. Huh? Ryan, all famous presenters for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember last year, I was not about me, it's all about you, Kath, but I thought this is relevant. But last year, <laughs> Adelaide Oval Test, I had, to go on, um, I had to go on the field for one of our interactivations and get uh, some of the players oh, to come yes. and sign a young, young kid's sort of shirt or cap. And I basically had to like just go off and say, hey, Nathan, like, do you mind if you could just come and sign this? And like <laughs> deep down, I'm just like, Oh my god, it's Nathan Lyon. Like, it's just so You're weird. The kid. 
Yeah, I, I'm the child here. Like, like, yeah. It's so funny, like just acting completely normal. Like it's oh yeah, this is. I also fun. find um the funniest part is and this is so minor, but when you meet them for the first time and you're you're thinking, <laughs> oh, I can't just go in and say, hey, Gilly, like I don't know yeah. him. So you <laughs> yeah. you feel so awkward and polite hey, because you're like, hello, hello, Adam, <laughs> or hello, Shane, <laughs> and you really you just want to be like, hey, Warney. So like nice pretending you but, don't know who they are. Like, yeah, but nah, you're trying to I know exactly who you professional. are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I remember one of my first gigs was I was doing a um I was doing boundary for a GWS. Uh, it was the first women's AFLW season. Um, and I was doing the women's game and then Alistair Lynch was coming. There was a men's game, men's preseason game after. And we had to do this little cross together. So we had just met each other. Um, so again, I had the awkward moment of like, "Hi, Alistair," which sounds so proper and in, <laughs> but, you know, and formal and just so unlike me. But I'm just trying to be polite and professional. And then I just ended up saying to him, "Do you mind if I call you Lynchy on air? Like, I know I've just met you, but I just feel like Alistair's really formal." And you know, he just laughed and said, "Yeah, look, only my mum calls me Alistair, so please don't call me Alistair." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it is those. I, I often laugh thinking back to those the first time you meet. You're now colleagues um, because you are a little bit starstruck, but then you're trying to act cool, but then you've also got to be respectful and professional. So, yeah, it's just, it's not really uh, a moment I like to look back on. I just like to know that now I can call Gilly Gilly and Wani Wani and Ping a Ping and it's fine. We were talking about a number of your roles that you've progressed from uh, in Fox Sports. We are just wondering what are, what are some of the, the different skills that you've needed to develop over all those roles? Um, to get to where you are now, what are some skills that students now who, who want to be in your shoes can can work on to ensure that, you know, if they get that chance in the industry, they're, they're ready? Yeah, I would say learn any skill you can and any skill that pops up and comes your way because um, we really are in an era now where the more you can do, the better. And also, particularly... Um, given the COVID pandemic where jobs are are harder to come by, um, you've really just got to be as multi-skilled as you can be. And um, I'm, you know, I kind of, I look at people now and, you know, know, video journalists are now in high demand because no longer do companies want to pay a cameraman and a reporter. They just want to pay the one person who can do both. They can shoot the press conference and report on it later. So um, I, I can't work a camera at the moment and I've, I've just gotten into a role now where I don't have to do that. But I, my advice would be to, to definitely learn as many skills as you can. And also, you know, you're never going to land your dream gig like that straight, straight out of uni. There's going to be roles when you perhaps don't enjoy it um, every day of the week, but uh, it's a chance just to build experience, build up your skills and um, always always just just there's no need to be in a rush as well just take your time get experience under your belt because when you get those opportunities that you really want um there's no real room for error you kind of have to do a pretty good job um in order to keep getting those opportunities so don't rush it there's no rush um just yeah make sure you get your skills up to scratch and and get that um much needed experience Kath, one of our favourite topics on the SportsGrad podcast is network, and we talk about it a fair bit and the importance of it. How important has it been for you in your role Mm -hmm. to date, and how important is it for you to continue to progress in your career? Networking. Uh, 
I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I don't know if I've ever been a fan of the word. I think it's just a professional way of saying social climbing. But you do make a good point. It is important to um, it is very important to have a good reputation because this media industry is very small. But I would perhaps my advice to people would be instead of worrying and and um, being consumed by who you can meet and, and going to events to meet other people and get your foot in the door at other networks or whatever, just be really, first and foremost, just be really focused on um, being a respect, respected and pleasant colleague because a lot of the time you're working with freelancers who, you know, might work with me on a Saturday night and then the next morning they're going to the Channel 9 footy show or something. Um, so everyone's constantly working with each other and, um, you know, it's human nature to go, oh, what's she like or what's he really like? Everyone talks. Um, so if you have a good reputation and you're respected by your colleagues, that's almost your networking done for you because everyone talks and, and um, you know, they'll they'll speak nicely about you. But it's, it's not about that. It's just being pleasant to work with and being respectful. And no matter who it is, it, particularly as a presenter, um, you know, people – there's a lot of people working behind the camera to make you look good, whether that be a producer or a camera operator or someone in studio um, calling the shots. So, yeah, my biggest advice is to just worry about um, being a good colleague and um, being professional and, you know, you don't have to get along with everyone like a house on fire but just um, be respectful and that in turn kind of gets your name and reputation out there because people will speak nicely of you but it is I guess it is important just to um, have those professional relationships because you never know um, who's going to end up where and you know someone you might be working with turns out to be your boss in five years time or um, you know those scenarios always happen in the media game so um, yeah that's kind of my take on networking. (laughs) I think it's a fresh and uh uh, fresh and refreshing um, perspective that we've had on that topic. So thank you for that. And I think particularly for students in university, you never know where your, your peers are going to end up down down the track as well. So making yep. sure that you you know you stay in front of with those people too can be extremely important as well. Yeah, I think it, as well in sport because it's a tight. Like, although it's it's massive, massive industry. It's kind of a tight uh, group in a way where you know if you're in sport, you, you're gonna sort of go between different organisations. So mm-hmm. if you, you make that impression on your, your colleagues, you're not going to work with them forever. Um, so if, if you make that good impression, they're going to speak to the next mm. person, the next person. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good uh, good view. Yeah. We've seen the, the impact of COVID-19 um, and what that's had on the media industry and all around the country with, with cuts to jobs and, and whatnot. What would some advice uh, be from you to, to students who are wanting to break into the sports media industry and right now are probably thinking, hey, this this might not happen? Yeah, it's, it is a really tough time. And I remember, as I was saying before, um, being told my whole journalism degree, oh, there's no jobs in journalism and there's no money in journalism. Um, but there are jobs and there are some really great jobs. Um, obviously, a lot of people... A lot of good people have been let go during the COVID pandemic because, um, you know, there was a period where there was no sport on. So, obviously, uh, there were zero jobs really. Um, but, you know, the industry always picks up again 
And um, I think my uh, my advice would be, you know, a lot of what I've said of of just making sure you've got as many skills as you can have and to always to never be fixated on the dream job. Sometimes you're going to have jobs where um, it's not that mentally challenging or, or perhaps isn't really what you want to do. But, you know, for example, I remember I spent a bit of time on in the Fox Sports digital team, which is, you know, doing all those videos, like the highlights videos and stuff of uh, to put on foxsports.com.au. That's not necessarily, that wasn't my dream job to, to upload videos on the Fox Sports website. Like that was not what I went to university for, but it was a really good time to um, get my video and editing skills up to scratch and also just to build your sports knowledge. You, you, you know, sometimes you'll do a video on one specific player or a specific club or whatever and you never forget. Once you do a story or a project on a team or an athlete or, um, you know, sport issue, you never forget that. So you're always building up your sports knowledge, meeting people, interviewing people, and and it's it's never going to be a waste of time. So um, my advice would be just to be open to anything particularly in this COVID pandemic, never never say no, never turn down an opportunity because you never know where it's going to lead. Um, and I think as well um, my advice would be have a mentor, have someone to help you and guide you through and keep you on track um, because, yeah, mentors, mentors are huge in this industry because it is a very um, daunting uh, experience at times and there are definitely you, you ride the emotions of, Sometimes your confidence is shot and you think, I can't do this. Like I wasn't really made for this. This is all too much. Um, so you've always got to have someone in your corner. You know, you're always going to have, I guess, your mum and dad and people who love you regardless, but there's always good to have those professional mentors who, um, you know, can can be a bit harsh at times and tell you the honest truth. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear, but you know that they just want to help. So, um, yeah, mentor would definitely help in this uh for any young journalism student wanting to get into the media game. Finally, Kath, we are not uh, journalism students. We've just kind of been learning as we've been going. We couldn't let you go without uh, mentoring us for about one minute of just what are some, what are some presenting tips that you think could help Ooh. us in the job and for other um, you know media students out there who are wanting to learn more about your caper? Um, be natural is my major tip. You look at what the most uh, popular TV is these days, it's reality TV because it's real. Well, you know, maybe not The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and those ones that seem heavily <laughs> produced these days. But my point is people like watching people who are just being real, who just seem to be speaking their mind or, or acting, reacting naturally and, and all that. I, I, to be honest, okay, I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but... Uh, my, um, I remember when I was at Fox Sports News those early days, I would watch the Big Bash was on Channel 10 those days and I my favourite commentary trio was Mark Howard, Ricky Ponting and Mark War, because they were just so natural and it felt like you were just watching them sitting on the couch in their own home talking about the game and, you know, you had punter actually on like punting on the side whilst like commentating the game. Um <laughs> He had Howie calling him out for it. You know, it was just, it was so real and so natural. And I remember, and that was, leads me kind of into my mentor. I remember um, when Fox got the cricket rights and um, they signed Mark Howard, I was thinking, how good's this? Like, I'm going to bail Howie up and learn everything I can about 
you know, what he thinks about journalism and whatnot. Turns out that first full summer I'd never worked with him until the very end, uh, which was the Big Bash finals. And I remember we did the game, we went to the bar afterwards, like we always do, the whole commentary team, and, and I just picked Howie's brain. And ever since he's been my mentor because I respect him so highly on air because I think he's so natural. What you get, what you see with Howie is exactly what you get off air. Um, he, he does not change. Um, he is exactly who he is when he's commentating the cricket or interviewing Warney, whatever. He's the exact same as when you're having a drink with him at the bar or if you're hanging out with him at the airport lounge. He's just 100% him on air and that's what I really it respected and admired from him and that's what I try to be on air. It's just natural and relaxed and it's fun, it's sport. So I think um, that's my main advice is just to be yourselves and be natural. If you're, yeah, if you're awkward or you're trying to be too professional, you make people feel awkward. So, um, yeah, particularly podcasts, I mean, it's such a relaxed platform. You really can do or say whatever you want and, and it's kind of acceptable. Um, I think there's something with television, people get a little bit uptight and, and think that they have to, you know, be really proper on TV. But um, I think really at the end of the day, just like reality TV, everyone just wants you to be real. Um, cut the crap. Don't try to be so professional and uptight. Just just be real. Could be because, like, no one can see us. So, you know, it's a little <laughs> bit easier, I guess. <laughs> I know I certainly feel that. Like, Could no one's that. watching you right yeah. now. Yeah. So. You know, I, I can stand yeah, up in yeah, my bedroom true. and do this podcast. It's totally fine. It's, yeah. it's relaxing. That's what I think. That's I think that's what everyone loves. I think that's why podcasts are so um, popular because it makes um, athletes feel real, really at ease compared to doing a TV interview, say, where they've got to put the mic on and they've got to go into a studio set and, and it all feels a bit um, you know, sterile and really proper. Whereas when you can do a podcast sitting, yeah, I'm sitting in the comfort of my own home, um in my gym gear it doesn't matter i naturally feel relaxed so you can have better conversations and usually that's why i enjoy listening to podcasts with athletes and and whoever it is i'm interested in because they i think are at their most relaxed and um they really let their guard down and yeah no it's good you're onto something here with this podcast so keep it up (laughs) no thank you um we we better leave it there for tonight. So thank you so much again for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have a chat. Loved your points around having a, a ripper worth work ethic, uh, taking a risk, making a good impression on your colleagues and lastly, learning as many skills as you can. I think they're all really valuable lessons out there for anyone who wants to get into sports journalism. Now, we mentioned at the very start that we were going to go rogue with a certain segment oh, yeah. of this Surprise. podcast. This, this plays into your advice nicely, actually. This absolutely okay. plays into your advice, but it does not play into your advice of being prepared. Um, so we're going to try it for the okay. first time. And, mm-hmm. Rubes, this is on you if it does stuff up because this was a 553 <laughs> job. But we're going to get for the first time our guest to close out the show. Now, close out the show. I'm sure you've closed many shows in your, your lifetime over TV, uh, but we were thinking, why don't you close out the Sports Grad podcast with a last line of, of some description? Yeah, but my, my usual closes are like, enjoy Sunday footy on Fox, see you next week. <laughs> They're not usually that creative, so I'm feeling pressure right now. I actually, okay, I've got something, but this is back to my point of being prepared. 
because I've come prepared. <laughs> so I reckon we will close the show on this note. And that is you, Ryan. How's the riding going? Because I'm told that you've invested heavily in a bike, but you only ride in perfect conditions. Can't be early morning or too late in the afternoon. You can't be hungover, let alone have a sniffle. And if it's windy or below 15 degrees, you won't even look outside. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Sam probably probably Lynch, he'll be listening. That is a shocking, shocking effort, my friend. Um, Wow, I'm I'm stumped uh, and I'm not prepared for that. Uh, yeah. Should ask him how much he's invested into his cycling as well, or for that. Well, that's what I want to know because I, it's not only Sam; it's also someone called Hamish. I've I've had multiple sources tell uh, me uh, that you invest heavily in your cycling kit, but you don't really ride. What's going on? Ooh, Hamish McInnes <laughs> was actually a guest of this podcast, and I think mm. let's let's remove all record of him in the <laughs> podcast group. But no, I will shed light into my cycling. I I do enjoy it, but I do enjoy it in fine weather. Uh, <laughs> um, and as, you know, Albert Park Lake is really the only way I can ride right now. So that's kind of what's happening. And, and the gust across Albert Park Lake is not ideal for riding as well. So, um, and I, I agree with you there. It yeah. can get pretty windy, but um, yeah. not below fifteen degrees. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear well you even, you, ryan you even tell me about those special pedal mafia thermal tights you bought as well specifically for winter <laughs> this is um so this i'm getting into the feeling the that this will be the last time you ask a guest to do <laughs> yeah i think i think, no, I I think we should do it every time <laughs> i did say it's on you Bruce, so um this one's on you mate but oh yeah I, I can close out the show, Kath. I'll, I'll show you how to close out the show, I guess. So that's all good. No, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been really cool. And as I said, I don't know whether we were talking off air or on air about it, but um, the main thing I was uh, really intrigued about when I was studying journalism was whenever I met someone in the industry, my question would be like, how did you get to where you are? And I was so fascinated by people's uh, journeys and and careers. So I think it's a really great podcast you're doing and I'm sure it's going to teach all young, aspiring uh, sports media people a lot. So yeah, great job and keep it up. Thank you very much for listening. A reminder to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Drop us a rating and leave us a review and get in touch with us on Instagram or LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Sports Grad Podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at Sports Grad. 